Willow. This is Ruin Willow, and you are listening to the Oh Fuck Yeah with Ruin Willow podcast. I'm so excited you're here today listening to a podcast episode of mine. I love to share on all kinds of topics related to sexuality on my podcast. I like to read erotica, mine and others, and it's going to get hot. I talk about things on my podcast that are all related to sex. So sex toys, sex stories, tips, sex toy reviews, author interviews, and interviews of sexuality experts, people who have a lot of knowledge to impart and we can learn from. So lots of fun stuff. So I have an amazing excerpt for you from Someday Chapter 2 by Ava Fox. Babe. Matthew's words echo in my mind. Are you sleeping? Groggy from my catnap, my brain begins stirring my body. Oh, wow. The words croak from my dry throat, cracking my eyes open, surprised at the realization I dozed off on the floor. I was so relaxed. I drifted away. Matthew stirs beneath me, trying to gently adjust his body. Not here, sweetheart. Matthew's warm hands leave my skin, allowing the cold air chill where his touch once lingered. You'll bruise for sure. His body shuffles next to mine, standing slowly, testing the sturdiness of his legs, extending his arm, our hands touch. Only marks on you will be from the fun I have planned this weekend. Matthew's warm hand wraps around mine, helping me to my feet. Are you hungry? The sound of my stomach gurgling answers for me. I can eat. Walking back to the kitchen, I slow down to admire the fire he's built for me. I've always admired his skill of starting a fire. Even without a starter log, Matthew gets the flames roaring. Sitting on the bar stool across from the island stove, this is the best seat for a perfect view of the sexy beast before me. How long have you been here? Matthew opens a refrigerator door, pauses, looking at the shelves. Since this morning? Grabbing a pitcher, he lets the door swing closed. Watching him closely, looking for a hint of why he would have been here all day and not text me until late in the afternoon. Or you, a runark. My heart flutters hearing Matthew call me his secret love in the Gaelic words of our ancient peoples. What your whistle with this? Handing me a glass of sweet tea, I pause. My fingertips lightly brush his fingers. Sipping my tea, the taste of American honey dances like an exotic woman in my mouth. This morning? The surprise in my voice catches me off guard. Is everything okay? Taking another drink, waves of sweetness wash over my tongue, chased away by crashing waves of the whiskey's bitter warmth burns my throat as it slowly moves into my belly. 
the searing sizzles and pops of the cold, wet meat being placed on a searing cast-iron skillet mutes the sound of my voice. Hissing from the metal's disgust fills the air, drowning out my voice, giving Matthew a moment to ignore my question. It is now beautiful. Turning towards me, our eyes meet. Matthew looks lovingly into my eyes. My heart begins to patter. My body relaxes as my soul hears Matthew's words. It is true. The world is perfect. Now that our two souls are together, like Melusine meant it to be, grinning back like a giddy fool, I take another sip. Go rab with Agat, thanking him for my drink, lifting my glass, tipping my crown towards him. Ta felt room hot as door. Matthew's laugh fills the space between us like rolling thunder. His tone matches the intensity of his love confession. Ah, there she is, my treasure. He winks at me, then turns back to the stove. A little whiskey always frees my wild love. Our lives away from this place are complicated. I'm blessed that Matthew involves me in it. Our rules for the cabin state very clearly. The real world stops at the blacktop. Only us and the bond we share exists in this place. I saw a beautiful doe and two fawns drinking from the pond when I arrived. Looking over his shoulder to see me, I've been caught looking. I sit, trying my best to hide my guilt as memories of my time in our sanctuary. Time used to escape the noisy world of sex and law. You've been sneaking up here a lot, haven't you? My head sinks into my shoulders, my bottom lip sliding out pouting, my eyes beg for mercy. Bringing them treats, fattening them up, spoiling the wild beasties. Matthew flips the meat to the other side. The sound of searing and popping from the moist meat is deafening. There are some weekends that I come up to escape, hoping that I might run into you. I smile as I sip my tea again. Matthew walks to the refrigerator, taking out a stick of butter and fresh herbs from the garden. He tosses them into the pan, mixing them as the butter melts, then gently lays the meat in the melted butter, allowing it to soak up all the juices. I love that Matthew enjoys cooking for me. It's his way of showing his affections. Next, he takes the hash browns out of the freezer and places them in the toaster oven. The house smells so good. And despite the temperature dropping outside, and the air in the home is crisp. I sit perched on my bar stool, naked, watching Matthew cook and admiring my body. You are going to love this meal. Matthew lays my plate before me, inhaling the aromas of rosemary and thyme. My mouth begins to water. Picking up my fork and knife, cutting through the hardened outer crust, watching the juices flow from within. Swallowing hard, in anticipation of the first bite from the meal my gorgeous hunk of mountain man has prepared just for me. 
beginning my feast with his roasted Brussels sprouts and pine nuts with bacon, of course, perfect, as usual, and taking another, just to be sure. Matthew sits down next to me, laying his plate next to mine. I wrinkle my nose at the sight of everything covered in gravy. Don't knock it till you try it. Raising his fork, as if to say cheers, he takes a bite. The muscles in his jaw flex as he chews. Swallowing hard, his Adam's apple bobs down, then back up again, clearing his throat. He takes a drink, grinning, when he catches me watching him. Would you be up for a little adventure tonight? Arching my eyebrows with curiosity, I nod my head yes. A friend of mine sent me a video of men eating sushi off a woman's naked body. His eyes lowered as if he were embarrassed by the question he wanted to ask next. Yes, love. Our eyes meet. My heart quickens as I watch him light up. Memories of our youth and how wild he would get when excited flood my mind. If you want to eat your feast off of me, let's do it. Chuckling silently at the sight of Matthew's eyes, lighting up with excitement, amused, I watch eagerly while he begins setting the stage. The wheels of my head begin turning. He's never been afraid to request things from me before. My mind begins walking in a direction I don't dare go down. Stop it, fucking brain. His life away from you is no concern of yours, unless he brings us into it. Looking back and smiling, I see Matthew is preparing a place for me. You sit here, my love. Gently sliding off my stool, my skin sticks to the lacquered wood, walking towards him, stopping at the edge of the blanket on the floor. May I? Reaching up for my hand, Matthew smiles. Please do. I step onto the warm comforter and smirk at the thought he had already planned this. Sit on the cushion and I'll be right back. Matthew stands walking over to my plate, the sound of him cutting my food into bite-sized pieces while he tells me about female body arrangement. The name of what we are doing and his lack of sushi makes me chuckle softly to myself. On his return, Matthew kneels in front of me. His eyes focus on mine. A strange sense of nervousness comes over me. Hearing Matthew's explanation, and still unsure of what to expect from our attempt, as it causes my core to tighten, and my toes curl nervously. Here. A store. You first. My heart. Hatters, hearing his words, grinning. I look down, seeing the fork full of seared meat. I feel warm steak enter my mouth and begin chewing. Leaning over me, Matthew dabs my mouth with a napkin. He watches me as I chew. I take notice of the subtle changes in his eyes and lips, the way he tilts his head and grins as he explores the details of my face. Watching the muscles in my jaw and my long, narrow neck as I swallow. Preparing for another bite. This one, a roasted Brussels sprout and pine nuts. As I open my mouth to receive his gift, a lone pine nut escapes the fork. 
a tiny, warm, sticky nut, landing on my inner thigh. I chuckle and move to retrieve it. That's mine. Taken aback by the abrupt sound in his voice, I feel my nostrils flare. And just who do you think you are? Placing my hand back where it originated, reminding myself, you agreed to play this game. We continue. Matthew lays my plate on the blanket, maneuvering his body, bringing his head closer to me, lowering his body, allowing room for his face to reach my thigh. The sensation of his teeth pinching me as he snags the pine nut into his mouth. Spikes interest in my groin. He wasn't kidding. In his text that we shouldn't be leaving the cabin this weekend. Small bumps race up my arms when he kisses my belly. Then taking my hardened gumdrop nipples between his lips, pinching them, sucking each one hard as he pulls away. We continue this game until my plate is nearly empty. That was delicious, a gras. He smiles, hearing my praise, pride glowing on his face. I'm so full, I couldn't eat another bite. Matthew lowers my plate, taking my napkin in his hand. He dabs my mouth. Very well, then. I wouldn't want you getting sick. Rising to his feet, Matthew pauses. I'd like for you to lay down on your stomach. Curiously, I do as instructed. I place my hand on the cushion for support. I listen as Matthew scrapes the knife on the plate, shuffling around the kitchen, opening cabinets, drawers, the freezer. Not being able to see what he's doing adds to my growing excitement. Beep, beep, beep. Matthew opens the microwave door. Shit, that's fucking hot. A loud clanking fills the air as a plate meets the countertop. I fight with all my might to not laugh. The mental image of him touching the hot plate, as usual, almost wins. I bury my face into the cushion when I hear his feet shuffling back to me. I know you're laughing at me, woman. I'd never do such a thing. Returning my face to the cushion so I don't give anything away. You're a terrible liar, woman. Matthew kneels, moving his items into their designated spots. Hey, Delilah, I want to ask you something. I turn my head to face him. What is it? Matthew swallows hard, hesitating for a moment, holding up a red sleep mask. Would you be willing to wear a blindfold for me? Looking at the sexy red cover, was the woman in the video wearing a mask? She did. Matthew grins while swirling it on his finger like a cowboy in an old western. Of course, why wouldn't she be? The thought races through my mind as I watch his eyes grow wider in anticipation of my answer. Knowing that limiting one of our senses will enhance your other senses, my curiosity builds in me. Matthew sits before me, excitement brightening his eyes as he begins explaining the benefits of the blindfold. I've read that it can strengthen our bond. Pausing, I see out of the corner of my eyes Matthew inspecting the scar on his wrist. Not that we need strengthening. I raise my eyebrows in agreement. 
It also acts as sensory deprivation. Losing your sight causes other senses to amplify. I have to admit, I'm impressed with the amount of knowledge he gathered on the subject of body eating. Yes, let's do it. Matthew stops twirling the mask, his eyes lighting up, a broad smile covering his face. I would do anything to see that smile. You let me know if at any time you don't like what is happening, and we will stop right away. I know. I lift my head, allowing him to place the mask on, forfeiting my ability to see. Trust me, a star. There is no one above you, not even me. Goosebumps rise as his words flow from my ear to my heart. Hearing Matthew shuffling around, my mind wanders, trying to guess what he's doing. The sound of his house shoes stops. He's barefoot. I have no way of knowing where he is. I strain to hear some noise, a hint as to what he's up to. The blanket beneath me shifts a little under my belly, startled by the warmth of food being placed on the small of my back. Be still, my heart. Smiling, trying to contain a giggle, knowing he's taking this seriously and not wanting to ruin the mood, I lay my head on its side and quietly enjoy this moment. Another warm food item rests on my spine, then another until there is a trail from neck to my buttocks. The feeling of his fingers lifting my hair, gently brushing my skin with his knuckles then laying my hair to one side and placing more food on my shoulder blades is invigorating. My hips tilt towards the floor, raising my bottom higher. She, too, wants attention from her favorite pair of lips. Matthew lets out a small, deep, rumbling moan of approval as he pours warm gravy over the trail of food he's made. I feel the blankets shuffle again. I am alone. My mind begins to race. Has Matthew left me? The scent of black pepper and rosemary fill my nose. The blanket shuffles again. My body goes rigid, frozen and anxious about what will happen next. Are you here? I call out, then feel Matthew run his big toe down the sole of my foot, squirming a little, remembering not to spill the gravy. Damned ticklish feet. I am. The sound of his voice relaxes me. Matthew sits next to me again, running his finger along the side of my body. My pussy tightens between my thighs. My body tenses as I try to control my movement. I place my hands beneath me, letting my fingers wander. Please, let me find the spot to soothe my agony. My brain pleads with the universe as a flame of desire grows deep within me. Delilah. Matthew's voice freezes my curious fingers. There will be none of that right now. Defeated, I exhale softly. I can't help it. Filling my word with the sounds of protest and pouting, I gently flex my ass muscles, making each one dance. It's Friday night, and it's been so long. 
exaggerating my whine, bouncing each cheek on the syllable. I just want you to fuck me. A long, silent pause causes me to regret my whiny greed. Well, that's the end of the excerpt, and it's pretty hot. The idea of a lover using your body as a plate, very sensual, feeling all of those warm pieces of food and the touches and being blindfolded. What a sensory delight that would be. I love that idea. I am so excited you guys are here. I am excited to talk with this author, learn all about her work and her process and just everything about her. I'm really excited. She is Ava Fox, and she is a nature-loving sex goddess and mother of Malamutes. I'm so curious what that means. But she's an author. She's a writer. She has a YouTube channel, and she is on Medium. Welcome, Ava Fox. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to be here. (laughs) I'm so excited to talk with you too. (laughs) I love talking with authors. I don't know. I just have so much fun. I love learning how other people do things and how they write and their process. And just, it's fascinating to me because everyone is so different. Yeah. That, yes, that is one of my favorite parts about my author community and all of the friends that I have is that we're all trying to achieve the same goal of publication, but we all go at it a little bit differently. And that's what it's fascinating, even for me. And I've been doing it for a while. So, (laughs) oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I have an icebreaker question for you. I love to ask people this because it's fun. What is your favorite sexual position? And I won't be offended if you tell me why. (laughs) <laughs> my favorite sexual position I've actually got two because I have a hard oh, time pretty. yeah so <laughs> the first one is it was dubbed the frog by my husband oh um, yeah and so basically what I do is I like get into the kneeling position on the edge of the bed uh-huh. and then he can have full access to me from behind so he's standing behind me and it really opens up a lot so that I can, I can play with my clitoris. He can, you know, he can play. I, he has full access to my, my butt. He has full access to my front butt. <laughs> like Perfect. Just, we have so, there's so much access. So you can literally like play, I can play with him. Like I can reach behind and I can massage his taint. There's so many cool things that you can do in this position. And he's, and he's an older gentleman, and so he's got some back issues, so it doesn't hurt his lower back. Perfect. Um, yeah. So it was kind of like, well, life gave us lemons, and we made meringue pie out of it. Oh, hell yeah, you <laughs> so, did. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Love it. And my second favorite would be, it would definitely be doggy style, like the traditional doggy style where you're on all fours and it's it's my favorite because like you you can breach deeper into your body Mm -hmm. and I don't know I just I love the I love the feeling of like my husband's testicles slapping up against me 
Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And so when you're in the traditional doggy style position, you can really get all of that. And then he's a relatively large man. And so he could get deeper and it's just, yeah, it's wonderful. That's and I love it. Yeah. I'm also, apparently I like being on my knees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely. Are, are you a sex toy connoisseur or not so much? I, so I used to sell them. I used oh, to be okay. part of the passions party. Yes. Yes. And I do. I, I love them. And I love going into the naughty stores and looking at them and getting a good giggle with my girlfriends. Yeah. I don't, I don't use them as often as I used to. Sure. Um, but I'm all for them. I'm all about them. I think every man and woman should have their own sex toys and a variety of them. Like don't get stuck in the, the rut of one, one particular one. <laughs> yeah. Because there's so many, like, there's so many different things to stimulate you. And it's amazing how many people don't understand yes. the difference between like sex and really good sex. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And some people are scared of sex toys. I'm like, no, 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 this is an enhancement. Even for couples, this is an enhancement and a way to lengthen it. Perhaps if it ends up being shorter, a way to just reach new heights. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sensations. So yeah, I'm I'm a big promoter of sex toys. I just, I just think it's sad that people are scared of them or they think it's competition. I'm like, it's not competition. Like I enhancement. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And you know, some of the women who I've run into when they, when we get talking about sex toys and stuff, it is very intimidating. Their husbands are intimidated. Yeah. And so I always tell them, I'm like, start with something small and, and make it fun, you know, like get a, get a clit tickler and, and just make it so that he is still the one providing you pleasure, but now you're introducing something else that will enhance both of your pleasures. Yes. And I, I mean, I've not I've known a lot of women who've been successful at introducing them if they start off small, you yes. know, and then I wish that I, part of my YouTube channel that I'm, I'm, building is I really want to, along with my writing, I really want to encourage people to just be more accepting of, of their sexuality and not to be intimidating because there's a vast universe of all different kinds of pleasure for each unique individual. And I just don't think that we have a society that's willing to embrace that just yet. You know, even though it's 2021, we're still kind of like in that spinster Puritan yeah. way of thinking. We and are. So, yeah. yeah. And so we get into these ruts where it's just like, oh, oh, either I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to be a freak in the sheets and a lady <laughs> on the streets, which right. is great. That's what I tell people all the time. I'm a lady on the streets <laughs> and a freak in the sheets. Good sentence. <laughs> yeah. But then you have you have lots of of women who are like afraid yes. to embrace their desires and their fantasies and their yes. 
needs and wants. And I just tell them, I'm like, Hey, if, if your partner loves you, they're going to want to help you achieve what you need. And in return, they will achieve great things as well. (laughs) Absolutely. And you know what? I agree with everything you just said 100%. I think you might be my sexual soul twin because I agree with everything you just said. That's fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. We can totally be sexual soul twins. (laughs) I mean, that is totally my viewpoint too. Like what I want to do, I want to help people too. And I want to like, people need to learn things and there's so many ways to do it and you don't have to be scared of it. Ah, totally. I totally agree with you. (laughs) And you know, it was, it was funny because in my early twenties, that's, that's when I was selling, I was slinging sex toys in my early twenties and I was having so much fun with it. I, I lived in a Navy community. And so I had a lot of Navy wide friends who we would get together on the weekends and we would just, we would have fun, you know, Never, it was never a try it before you buy it type of thing, but I was all about touch it, feel it, ask me anything you want. Nothing is off the table. And I mean, we had such a good time and they would come back. They would keep coming back. And, you know, growing up, I was never told that sex was like this sacred thing that only you could do within the confines of this box. Yeah. And, and it was amazing that as an adult, I would run into women who were, they were literally afraid of these, these toys and they were afraid to embrace their own, you know, femininity. And the fact that women aren't just robots, we have buttons and they need to be found and used. (laughs) And we have actually way more nerve endings than men do in our sexual organs. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, Some like, people don't know that. And I'm like, you have like double. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, so every now and again, it just amazes me. Like my husband and I will be talking about like my vagina and he'll just look at me like, seriously? And <laughs> it amazes me at how little some people really know about their bodies. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. You know, and then I think about it and I'm like, there's all these young adults and they're, they're sexually active and, you know, they're trying to embrace their sexuality and everything. And I'm like, but they don't know anything. No, no, <laughs> they don't. And I, for one, feel like sex toys can teach you a lot about your body. Oh Yeah. And your reactions uh, to yeah. things. And everyone's different. Every woman is going to be different. Every man's mm-hmm. going to be different. Yes. Yes, they are. And it's like, if we could just, you know, if somehow we could, we could still have that sex is a beautiful thing and that it yeah. is, you know, for some people it is, you know, this spiritual connection. And for some people it's just fun extracurricular activity. Right. But it is. We live in such, we still are stuck in this Puritan culture. So it's frustrating. Yeah. Yep. So the, the sex workers like us have to come out and teach the world, embrace them. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And this is another reason why we love to write erotica. At least another reason I do. Well, first of all, I just love to do it. Yes. So what is it that drew you to start writing erotica? We'll be back after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by 
the spring cleaning champions, Manscaped. This season, make sure the man in your life grooms his carpets and his drapes with the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Have him clear out that winter bush with Manscaped's Lawnmower 5.0 and watch his confidence bloom like the springtime flowers. Embrace the season and have him join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our special offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, for the 20% off and free shipping. Have you ever been doing some oral pleasure and got some hairs in your mouth or your teeth? Well, (laughs) Manscaped can help with that. Try being clean shaven for spring cleaning. After he uses Manscaped, you can say, "Hmm, let's get some busy with some spring fever in the bedroom. Try out Lawn Mower 5.0 Ultra. It is an amazing trimmer that features two interchangeable heads, one for taking a little off the top and the new foil blade to go smooth. If you want to go smooth for spring cleaning, make sure you try out Manscaped products. Bring on those smooth skin sexy slaps in the bedroom. And how do you do that? Use Manscaped products to shave clean down in your pubic area. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, all caps at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with code RUIN at manscaped.com. Nothing like a little spring cleaning in his pants, right? In your pants if you're a man. (laughs) Spring clean your groin area. Try smooth. Try it with Manscaped. I... I was very sexually aware at a young age. I would say that I was 12 when I became sexually aware of my body and of the world that was going around me. So I, I grew up, I am a village child. I am the love child of two teenagers. Okay. And yeah, so I grew up with my great grandparents, my grandmother on my mom's side, and then the wild, wonderful hillbillies of West Virginia on my dad's side. Nice. And, and it was, it was really great for me growing up because it was like, I got to see all of these cultures. And even yeah. though sex wasn't like an open topic of conversation, it was never taboo. It was never right. something that, you know, you're not allowed to talk about it. You're not allowed to know about it. And there are several times that I remember my, you know, my grandma would have these parties and then her male friends would spend the night and I would wake up and, you know, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Okay. There you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm just using the bathroom and then I'm going to come back. And <laughs> yeah. It I was, have to it, say, I love that though, that you grew up that way. That's so you're not, you weren't as confined as some people were. Yeah, that's right. really cool. Right. And as, as a young adult, I, I came into this culture of, you know, religious people and, you know, it threw me for a loop because now all of a sudden I was being told that, that showing my love with this physical act between myself and whoever right. was, was bad. Like yeah. all of a sudden 
for the first time in my life, I was told that there was something bad about sex and about having that, you know, intimate relationship or those, those feelings, that connection with another human being. And I couldn't, I could not figure it out. Like I would ask so many questions, like for one, why would God create a jillion nerve endings exactly. and act that makes you feel so good. Exactly. You want to keep doing it. And that's the only way you can procreate. Yes. But it's bad. And I'm like, how, right. how is that possible? And so. Makes no sense. Right? And None. Yeah. And so <laughs> I, as I was trying to embrace Christianity into my life, I was, I was also looking at how I was raised and like I was raised, I thought Jesus was a family member and I kept like, seriously, I thought at any moment he was going to walk through the door. <laughs> I kind of love that. I kind of yeah, love that. <laughs> it was very open and that's how it was approached to me. So then when I went into this more like structured religion and these rules and everything, and I started asking questions, that's when I was like, oh, sh- no, you know, I was told we don't ask these questions. We don't talk about this. We don't. Mm. It's it's inappropriate. And I was yeah. just, it, there's a, there are thousands of women growing up in this Puritan lifestyle. And then they're thrust into a marriage at a young age, yes. or they're put into the real world and they have no concept of anything. Like it's very sad. Yeah. And sex is, is scary and it's forbidden and Right. It, you know, and so right. when, when I was 20, I was 23 and I finally had had enough because, you know, I, I told myself, I was like, I will not give up who I am to conform to something that my, my soul says is wrong. Good for and you. so I started talking to my friends and then I started selling these sex toys and then I started introducing my friends into this world of could you imagine if the god that created us and gave us all these fun body parts and stuff actually wanted us to use them right and you know <laughs> form emotional bonds with each other and sh- show affection and love and yeah. so i started writing like stories i started telling stories about the things that i knew with how i grew up you know all this all these different things that I felt was important for people to understand. And ultimately it led me to, why don't I try publishing them? And I was, I, I wasn't the best student in the class. I couldn't spell to save my life. (laughs) <laughs> which thank god we have you know spell check and grammar spell check yeah <laughs> grammarly i know i love grammarly oh yeah it is my absolute favorite and my husband actually was like i told him i said you know i i have extreme anxiety and, and you know i was like i can't hold down a job outside of my home and so i'd really like to maybe start looking into publishing some of these stories that I've been jotting down. And, you know, he was, he was like, yeah, go for it. He's like, you're very creative. You have all the tools 
that you need to make it, you know, sound intelligent. Not that I, I don't sound intelligent, but <laughs> he was, he was definitely the catalyst that nice. pushed me into going out and trying it. And so, yeah, so I just, every now and again, I'll be driving down the road and I get an idea and I'm like, Oh, I need to, <laughs> I need to write this down. I love that. I love your entire story. I think that is just fascinating. And I love the evolution of how you got to where you are now. It's just fascinating. And I think that is awesome. And I love that he supports you. What, what a great story of how you got into erotica. I love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, I did have always, I still to this day have people who will make comments about, you know, why don't you write something of value or something that will make a difference in the world? And I'm like, I'm like, you know what? Those, those simple minded people have no idea. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know, when, if they would just crack open anyone's erotic novel, they would feel this like tingling in their groin and then they would get this warmth in their belly and then, you know, they might not be so prudish. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. I think we so, need to like deliver an erotic story to everyone in America's inbox. Yeah. Like, there you go. Read this. <laughs> yes. I'm on, I'm on board for that. 110%. <laughs> yeah. Be- and it's really frustrating, which I'm sure, you know, Amazon blocks us from advertising because we yeah. talk about erotica, but yet yes. they can advertise, authors can advertise murder and serial killers and people who torture but oh no we can't advertise about erotica oh because that's a natural act right i mean right well and that's so messed up yes that is that it is infuriating that you can purchase you can purchase a dildo a vibrator Uh uh-huh on amazon yeah a fleshlight on Uh amazon but heaven forbid you talk about written literature with sex in it. Makes it's, no sense. No, it makes no sense at you, all. You can even publish a book with naked people in it on Amazon, but yeah. you cannot advertise when you write fiction about sex. That right? is just absolutely asinine. Yeah, it completely blows my mind how, and like you had mentioned, you know, there's there's these books with murder in it. And I'm like, right. I don't think I've ever read. I personally have never read an erotica where somebody gets fucked to death. You're I mean, right. you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. Like, that's, that's the greatest way to go. But, but. <laughs> <laughs> we don't, I'm sure that that someone out there has written I'm something sure, yeah. about like a, <laughs> a sex maniac serial killer or something. I'm sure that you can find it somewhere out right. there. Probably Amazon nixed it, but yeah, it's probably out there somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, first it's frustrated me because I was like, what are you talking about? These are books, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, and I can say like, it's not like I'm actually writing porn right. and right. then, yeah. And then I was labeled a sex worker and it was so weird. <laughs> Like, it was so weird because I was like, <laughs> I'm not a, what? I'm not a sex worker, you know? I never thought of words as being a sex worker. I don't know about right. you. I think they're a little bit damn clueless. <laughs> right? So so I was like, when, when I was labeled a sex worker, I was shocked. I was just kind of like, really? No way. <laughs> but then 
it was broken down to me and they're like, well, you know, phone sex, do they still call them operators? I don't know. Good question. (laughs) People who are doing like phone sex are considered sex workers because they're having this conversation back and forth and ultimately, one on one. Yeah. yeah, And ultimately climax is the end result. Sure. And so they, when I was labeled this, it was said that because my books are sexually gratifying and the end result is to (laughs) cause orgasm to the reader. And so I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll be a sex worker. Yeah. I mean, I've always, I've always um, been an advocate for sex workers. I, I think that it needs to be, yeah, it needs to be legalized. I think that, you know, could you imagine there is a billion dollar industry out there. If you, if you legalized it, set, set rules, you know, health certificates, all these other things that have to be followed. Yep. And taxes. Oh my gosh. You would make so much money. Yes. So much. And other, there are other countries that are more open to this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the U S you know, like I think is that the Netherlands, I don't know. There's a bunch of countries that are view it a little bit differently than we do. And they're not quite as strict as we are. And for them, it probably is a giant moneymaker in their country. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so when I found out this year, medium, the, Oh yes. uh, You're on medium. Yes. Yeah. The, the medium website that I publish on, it had, I guess, a, a couple of erotic authors. I had never gotten the email, but they had said that Medium was was due to their their credit card processor or whatever was no longer going to be accepting erotica or paying really? for erotica. Yeah, and okay. I thought, you know, I'm I'm one of those people where I I hear. I hear the noise, but until I actually see it and look into it and everything, I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon of, sure. oh, this is evil. Right. So then OnlyFans came out yeah. and publicly was like, and that's when I started finding out about like this evangelical movement and, and these yeah. credit card processors. And I was just like, $5 billion a year. Right. And, and they're just going to be like, oh, well, we can't do this anymore because sex is bad. I know. What the fuck is all of that about? Right. But, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and let all these criminals and everything. Yeah. We're going to talk about free. murder and, you know, torturing people and yeah. killers. Like, it's just like a piece of toast on the table and it doesn't really matter. It's normal. Exactly. It's not normal. That's not normal. I know. <laughs> I know. And that's why so I, I one on a live stream I participate on Friday nights. I was sitting there and I was really getting angry about this because I had just started an OnlyFans. And even though according to their clause, I would not have been affected as some of the other people who are, are really putting their hearts and souls into this and putting themselves in the most vulnerable situations. And then I started thinking about like, you know, the, the single mom who's doing this to, you know, get her kids food and housing and, and all this stuff. And, 
it just infuriated me so much right. that that our country is such we're we're stuck in the, the dark ages when it comes to I sex. Know. We're just a bunch of prudes. And why is being sexy bad? I don't I don't know. If you're famous and you can afford to have right. like they can be all, sexy. Oh yeah. yeah. They're allowed to be sexy. But if you're right. if you're 41 and, and a mom of four kids, oh gosh. Oh heaven, no. Heaven's taboo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so fucked up. That just yep. bugs me so much. Absolutely. Well, and that's why I like in my stories, I've, you know, I used to always stick to like young, you know, twenties, early thirties characters. Sure. And now I'm like, no, no. Cause I am 41. And I think that sex is better today than it ever has been. Cause I, I don't have to, yeah. I don't have to worry about children walking in on me I don't have to worry about <laughs> you know my my kids are are grown and I don't my husband had a vasectomy so I get to have all the sex I want and not have to worry about as far pregnancies yeah <laughs> yes and I'm like the whole the whole world could totally be so much happier if we would just open up the doors and say hey sex is good Here's the best way to do it so that you're safe and everything is consensual. And, you know, because I don't know, give, give, make sex workers national day or something. Oh, I know. And, you know, just realize that sex is just pleasure. Mm -hmm. You're connecting with someone yeah. and you're experiencing pleasure. Yeah. And if you're not having those two things, I would argue that you're not having sex. Exactly. You're doing exactly. something else that isn't good. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing your duty <laughs> exactly and who wants sex to be a duty i mean screw Nobody. that this oh, is not washing the the dishes or doing laundry this yeah. is sex and it's exciting and it should be yeah yes exactly and and i think it starts with us it starts yeah, yeah. it's much easier for someone to walk in and buy a book yeah because because we we are still represented inside traditional bookstores and libraries. Yes, yes true. Um, and, and so I think that it's much easier to go in and purchase a book, and then and start from there. You know, yes, it's a I, it's a really easy way to start into kind of like passive. It's yes, kind of a passive way to get into exploring your sexuality. Yeah, yeah, and I I was introduced to Anne Rice's Sleeping Beauty trilogy. Oh, and okay. apparently there's like a new fourth one coming out that, that, oh man, let me tell you, that really opened my eyes. Like I thought I knew something and then, <laughs> and then I read her, her trilogy and I was like, holy smokes. But because, you know, there's, there's the, there's the sleeping beauty. And some, some people will say that it was, a, it was actually an assault what the prince did to wake her up. Uh, okay, and, sure. Right. So, so you have that aspect in it and it really makes you think. And then there are some people who, you know, as you go further into the book, the prince who woke up Sleepy Beauty is now being punished. And so he's experiencing, you know, sexual training. And, and it's just a really, it's a really neat book that when you read it the first time, you're going to have to put it down huh. and digest what you just read. 
I am so intrigued. Yeah, like it opened my eyes to the world around me and I I've never I've never gone back. I've never gone back. Like I always yeah, I always was just like, oh, sex is this and and it could be fun and it could be wonderful and this is great. But when I read that book, I was just they talk about you get paddled they talk about anal. They, I mean, she hits like almost every subject. Really? And but yeah. see, she's, and this is the other thing, it's, it's hypocritical. She's probably totally allowed to do all of this and everybody loves her because of her status. Right. But, <laughs> but, yeah. But I also am going to be happy that she's able to do that to get that out there for people. Yes. Yes. And so I, I was in my early 20s when I read that and I was just, and my girlfriend and I, we read it at the same time and we would sit there and talk about it from time to time. And we would go on some of the craziest adventures, like <laughs> finding out that what she wrote in this book was actual truth. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I am so intrigued. I'm going to have to totally look at this. What is the title of it again? Sleeping it's, Beauty? Yeah, it's Anne Rice's, I want to say it's, it's her, yeah, Sleeping Beauty Trilogy. Okay. I'm intrigued. I just, that sounds very, very interesting. And and it's, it's interesting that, that she got it out there. I think that's great. Especially in the early 2000s. Yes, exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like this was very taboo back in the early 2000s. So the oh, fact yeah. that you could walk into Barnes and Noble and purchase this trilogy was for me, at least, was a huge, like, like statement. It was like, hey, yeah, we're going to hide this in the corner, but this exists. Yes. And we're going to, we're going to acknowledge it. And I, I was like, that's really cool. Because Good for them. I'm, I'm, that encourages me to hear that kind of thing, that they actually yeah. carried it. Oh, yeah. And like, like, they were, some, some bookstores had the Fifty Shades in Grey books covered in black oh and, yeah <laughs> they, they really i yeah, never heard that they would wrap them in black wrappers oh, um, oh but we can have cosmopolitan open on the checkout lane just fine yes exactly they're barely covered that's so exactly oh my and gosh <laughs> i just i and i think it's funny because when i think about the two the two book series i'm like Anne Rice's was never in black plastic. <laughs> yes. Isn't that interesting? I know. I, I know. Oh my it's, gosh. <laughs> it's wild. The world is wild. And I don't know. I think, I think that we just need, we need a lot of politicians to loosen up. And we do. <laughs> we do. And we need people right. to not be so judgmental and so prudish. Absolutely. 100%. Yes, exactly. I want to ask you a question that I love to ask writers. And you kind of talked a little bit about your early childhood and your experiences with how people and your family dealt with talking about, you know, things and sex. Can you think of an early experience where you learned that language had power? I, language had power. I want to say the early, I was in eighth grade and I had a situation with a teacher. I had written an entire report out and I 
had an Alaskan Malmute. His name was Lou. Okay. And he literally ate my homework. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. And I went in and I tried to explain to my English teacher, you know, I, I was very honest with her. I didn't bring the evidence with me. Right. And I cowered to her. And uh. she called me a liar and told me that I had to finish it, but I was going to lose points. And, and it really upset me to the point where I actually went home and I told my stepfather that what had happened at school. And, you know, he was like, you need to go back in there, bring your evidence, think about what you're going to say to her before you say it. And just know that this is the truth and you're not going to get in trouble for anything. And so I did, I, I practiced what I was going to say. I, I went in, I, you know, had my body was straight and I was very confident because I knew no matter what this woman said to me, I was not going to feel any kind of repercussions from her because this was still in the time where your teachers got upset with you and your parents took care of it at home. Sure. <laughs> you sure. know? Yep. Yep. And so I did, I, I showed her the evidence and I explained myself and I, you know, used the best vocabulary that I possibly could. And I could see that there was this switch in her, in her brain. It was almost like when I, when I cowered to her and I allowed her to tell me that I was a liar and that I was stupid and all of these things like she, she was losing respect for me because I didn't stand up for myself. Sure. But then when giving that strength from my stepfather, I could see the more confident I was, the, the better vocabulary I used, my words were getting through her clearly. And it was, it was saving me from getting an F on this project. And then my father, my stepfather came in and had a nice conversation with her. Perfect. And the next morning I got an apology from an adult, which I didn't know was possible. That is fantastic. And yeah. I love that you had his support and he told you the exact right things. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that was, that was definitely an eye-opening experience for me because even though I was, you know, I'm in eighth grade and I'm, I'm still a young adult, you know, I was a teenager at that time. Yeah. Um, to this day, when I have to approach a situation, those words come back to me and, and it still all this time later gives me that confidence of no, my words matter and they will be heard. And I don't have to be the loudest gong in the room. People will listen to me, you know, and uh, love that. And, yeah. So, and I pass that on to my daughter and my sons and they are everywhere uh, they go. I get praise from them, from awesome. their employers and the people who know them. And so it's, it's really neat to see that. That's huge. That is a great story. I love that. And and you've passed yeah. it on too. So that's fantastic. That's the kind yeah. of thing we need in this world. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We definitely, parents need to pass on 
the positive things that they've learned in life. But I think that we focus a lot on negatives and, yeah, we you do, know, writing, unfortunately. Yeah. And writing erotica is a really great escape from yes. those negatives. It is. It is. And yeah. reading it. Is, so people need to read it. I mean, it, yes. that, is, that is one of the best ways to escape. Yeah. Is and to get into that. Yeah. And I think that the more we can escape into happy places and everything, we're able to communicate more clearer. And, you know, I know when I get stressed out, if I open up, you know, I'll open up an erotica that I'm beta reading or I'll start working on one of my stories and all of a sudden my brain shifts and I'm like, I forget about whatever it was that pissed me off. Yes. And I calm down and it's amazing. It is, it's just, it's really the whole like science behind sex and how it, it can help benefit you in your everyday life, even in, in situations like frustration and stress. Um, yes. It's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So it really is. It's just absolutely fascinating. Yeah. So I have to ask, what is your favorite topic to write about in erotica? Or do you feel like you kind of just like touch on lots of different areas? Oh, my favorite I, I honestly, I think that my favorite topic is focusing, like I, I primarily write male and female erotica and I love writing male characters that are focused on their ladies, on making their ladies nice. happy and satisfied yes. or who are like ladies first and actually mean it. And I love, I love writing scenes that start with a shower or, or the man cooking dinner. I think it's totally sexy. You know, a man that goes out and gets all the supplies he needs and comes home and prepares a meal and then feeds it to you. I think that is super, super sexy men who cook. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> super sexy. <laughs> it is. But and it's a way to take care of you and pamper you and just shower some love on you. Yeah. Yes. And then you can also incorporate this meal into your foreplay. You know, like I wrote a oh, yeah. scene, one of the scenes in my, my book, Someday, he cooks this meal and he feeds her first. Not like he doesn't hold the fork and feed her, but he prepares her plate first. He presents it to her. And while he's cooking his own dinner, he, they're having this conversation and she's eating. And then he looks at her and he says, can I eat my meal off of your body? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so now her body is being used as the plate and all of her nerves, you know, you have this warm gravy and you have, you know, the, the pinch of, of when he picks up his meat. And so it was just really, I mean, I, I thought it was just amazing. That sounds very Um, sensual. That's the word I think of when you describe what you just did. Sensual. Yes. And that's what foreplay is. And like, yes, I've always said that foreplay, foreplay begins immediately after your climax. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good sentence. Yeah. And thank you. (laughs) And, (laughs) 
And so I, I love to, to really stretch these sex scenes out and go through all of the steps. Like a, a lot of times I'll write where foreplay is a body massage with your lips, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and then it reciprocates. So the male starts this and he's pleasing the female character and there's this whole sensuality and everything. And then she will, you know, reciprocate it. And so you have this like dance between them where he wants nothing more than to please her. And she wants nothing more, but to show him her appreciation for this. And I like, I'm getting into wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. But I just, yeah, I just, I prefer to draw it out. I prefer to hit all the notes, you know, oral on both ends. I, I make sure I hit all of the good stuff because for me, good sex is it's about everything. If you get, yeah. you know, if you wash my hair in the shower, I, I am, I am a, it's a, it's a guarantee. It's a guarantee that you will leave a happy man. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, I feel like my hair is having my hair touch is just so amazing. Isn't it? Yeah. Really, really is. just is. And I don't know what it is. We must have a lot of nerve endings in our head because well, it, it just feels amazing. Yeah. Like each strand of hair has its own nerve endings to good it. Good point. That's yeah. a good point. And so like, I'll find myself if I'm getting anxious, like if I'm, if I'm out in public, start feeling anxious, my hair comes down to my hip. If so, it'll, it'll hit oh. my lower back. And so sure. I will start tugging on my hair a little bit and it really helps me to like focus and regroup but if I do it at home when I'm calm it actually is stimulating yeah and, I can imagine oh yeah like I love that and then like when you're when you're your orgasm is is building and you get fingernails on your scalp and oh it's it's yeah it's mind-blowing yeah. Titillating. <laughs> and that plays into the whole having your hair pulled thing, you know, and yeah, of course it can hurt, but it can also be very, very sensual. Oh yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but sometimes that pain is, is what you need just to get over that hump and finally sure. reach, yep. reach your ultimate goal. Um, but it has to be done right. It has yes. to be done right. You don't, yes. you're not just grabbing and yanking hair and <laughs> being wild. It is an art form. It is. It is. I would say sex in general is an art form. If I it's agree. done right. Yes. Yeah. 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 It can be cereal you pour in a bowl and put some milk on it and shove a spoon in it. Or it can be a lovely drawn out gourmet meal with multiple courses. Yeah. Yep. And I love them all. <laughs> I love, I love there's a place for all of them. I agree. There are, there is a place for quickies. Yes. Yes. And they're not and, all bad. Yeah. I do like a good quickie. Yes. Especially in the lazy boy. <laughs> well, that's a great idea. There you go. <laughs> which, is, which is another, which is another good thing about being in your forties is you, you yes. get to have sex in the living room and you don't have to worry about anything. There you go. That's a great yeah. idea. <laughs> and, and I do, as you know, as an author, I do venture into other genre, like other like sub genres. So I will, 
if I'm writing a scene about something I personally have never experienced, yeah, then that's when I hit up the like, por- porn hub and I'll hit up some research. of the yes. I yes. do a lot of research, a yes. lot of research. Because you you would be amazed at how many people actually try the things that you write. Yeah. And yeah, and you don't want anybody getting hurt. No, 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 no. <laughs> so yeah, so I will. I'll be like, you know what? I really want to write this scene. You know, it's it's got some serious bondage in it. I have never personally experienced bondage and I want to make sure that I do this right. Right. And so I do, I do extensive research on it, which is fun because every now and again, I'll watch a, I'll watch a video and and then I open my office door and I'm like, Hey, I need a favor. (laughs) Get on the bed. (laughs) I love it. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. it's, It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And you know, I hear people all the time complain about their their careers and stuff. And I'm like, you know, that's why maybe that's why I couldn't handle like a nine to five job because I I'm having way too much fun writing about sex, exploring different kinds of sex, researching all the sex. Yes. <laughs> I, I just I feel so bad for for anyone who's miserable. It's like grab a book and and get happy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because there are so many, you know, interesting thing is I love that we are in an age where people can publish on their own because we're getting all these amazing stories that would not pass traditional publishing houses. Yes. Yeah, I absolutely 100% agree. I, I personally would not be published because I don't have a degree in literature or, you know, English lit or any of those writing specific degrees that they offer. Um, I, I used to, you know, in my early twenties, I worked for, uh, I worked as a certified nurse's assistant with end-stage Alzheimer's and hospice. And I was just one of those free spirits that anytime I tried to go to college and sit in a lecture hall, it was like, it was like adventure was calling my name. And so I, when I started writing, I did have that imposter syndrome where most of the authors that I was becoming friends with had some kind of degree in literature or in English or something. And I'll never forget the day that one of the authors that I truly admire and her and I have become very good friends over the years. She said to me, they don't hand out degrees in creativity. Yeah. And that, that is what a good writer needs because you know, I, I hire editors. I, I have a group of friends who help me make sure that my edits are good. I'm not repeating myself that the story flows, but there are, there are tons of people who have degrees and they can't write a decent story. And, and so, yeah, so that just, I, yeah, I'm like, I, I absolutely love that. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think we're living in a really lucky time where before everybody didn't get privy to this because we were chatting before the interview and we had such fun talking. We were talking about how back in the hundreds of years ago, people used to like actually write out books with a, some sort of a stick and ink. Yeah. And now, <laughs> and oh, now yeah. we're living in an environment where we can create content and we can put it out to the world. And I feel like that is hugely powerful, amazing. Even though yeah. we have restrictions, we can still do it. And that is a step in the right direction. Yeah. Well, I had, I had written, like last year, I think it was, I had asked on a Facebook page that I had, I said, there were a list of like four or five authors, both male and female. And there was Edgar Allan Poe. There was a couple others. I wish I could find the post. And it, it said, I asked the question, I said, what do I have in common with all these well-known authors? And no one, no one could get it. They thought, oh, you all have, have black hair or we all share the same birthday or whatever the case was. And, and it was the thing we shared was that we were all self-published. Like Edgar Allan Poe started ah. off being self-published. He didn't have a publishing house backing him. Isn't that interesting? Wow. Yeah. And, and it was just, it was incredible learning this history that not only did they have to use these, you know, medieval instruments and, and ink, ink, <laughs> their, yeah, you know, they're ink, inking their pens and they're writing every single word out by hand, but then most of them had, they self-published, they would go to these papers and stuff and they would say, Hey, I have this. Do you want it? And, and it was, it was absolutely amazing. Unfortunately, what we see today is the reason I believe that a lot of self-published indie authors don't get the, the credit that they deserve is because there are a lot of people out there who are like, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to write it this way. And I'm going to use my rules only. And and it's kind of given a bad taste yes. in people's mouths. But then there are some phenomenal pieces of work done by indies and self-published authors that are just amazing. So it is it is a very double-edged tool. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. I but think I'm the very... bottom line is we need to spread around to people who self-publish. You need to have other people read it and you need some sort of an editor. Yes. Yes. Don't like, just I'm... write something yourself and put it out there. I'll put it up on Amazon. Okay. Do that on your blog. Okay. Right. But before you put it on Amazon, have someone else look at it, review it, give you tips, just some critique. Yes. I, I recently saw a TikTok where an individual basically said that editors were not necessary for self-publishing. And I, I can speak on uh, experience that, okay. I had, I had written a book 
and under another name and I put it out there. And after I put it out there, because I didn't, I didn't understand how hiring a publisher or editor worked and I couldn't find someone that I could talk to and have a conversation with because a lot at the time, and this was like six years ago at the time I would approach editors and they would basically send me back like their, their price list. And so I would look at this and I would, you know, I would look at the manuscript and I have X amount of words and they want, you know, X amount of pennies for each word. And it was an astronomical amount. And so I, I relied a lot on my friends and, you know, spell check and all this other stuff. And once I thought, okay, it's good. We've been through it. We've combed through it. I published it. And my first review that I got was basically, this is an amazing story, but I couldn't get past the edits. Yeah, that's that's a, a review that stabs you in the heart. Yeah, it did. But it also opened my eyes. Yes. And, yes. and that's when I started reaching out and collecting, you know, I started reading craft books. I started making friends in the author community. I made some editor friends. And so when people are, go out into the unit, into the interwebs and they start telling newbie writers and newbie self-published people, oh, it's, it's not important to get an editor. It is. It, it is. is. It is. And unfortunately, you have, you really have to be careful because you have so many people who talk with authority, but they have yeah. no credentials. They have right. nothing to back them up. But because they can, they present themselves as the authority, people follow them. And it's, yes. there are lots of, indie editors, <laughs> you <laughs> know, there, yeah, there are a ton of them and they half a penny for a word means go through it, get rid of as many ands, buts, twos, those as you Repetish, can. Repetition, repetitive words. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then once you've slimmed it down, then handed over to an editor. And I have never met an editor that doesn't do some type of payment plan. Sure. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like you need to work out some kind of a thing. And yes, it's true. You don't need a different editor for each, you know, different things. Like I know some people hire grammar and spelling editors. Some people you know, they do line editors. So they're yeah. hiring multiple editors. Right. Um, and you don't really, you don't necessarily have to do that. No, you don't. But you do need eyes on your project. <laughs> you need some eyes in some way, shape or form. There needs to be eyes and it doesn't even have to be a professional. Right. Yeah. The other thing I want to say, the the best advice, I'm, an, I'm also an audiobook narrator. The best advice 
that I have for people is also read your work aloud before Mm -hmm. you turn it in or submit it. Because audiobook narrator, I will tell you, there are some sentences where I'm like, holy fuck, I can't even say that. Yeah. If I can't even say that, it's not a good sentence. Yeah. It needs to be edited. And it also points out when you duplicate words, you know, you say one word and then you say it another line later. Like, oh, wait, I just said that. It just gives you another perspective. And I find it to be a very valuable tool before you submit it to Amazon or your blog or Medium, wherever you're going, read it aloud. Yeah. Yep. I, I use... Oh, what's it? Is it natural speaker? My, my friend, Bliss Winters, natural reader. She introduced me to this. Okay. Is it like I, a program? Yes. Yes. And yet believe you can get it at naturalreader.com. And okay, what, sure. it, what it does is you copy your manuscript and then you paste it into this. And I love it because I've got a little touch of dyslexia. And sure. so they have dyslexic fonts. Nice. And so okay. while while I'm listening to it, I'm also seeing the words in front of me. And because yeah. because I'm hearing the spoken word, I can I'm one of those people who I will hear a mispronunciation or a misused sentence before I read it. Like I will pick up on the audio. And so with this program, instead of me reading it out loud, I'm hearing it read to me. That's valuable. And yeah. And I'm watching the words as they go on the, on the screen. My writing has improved so much yeah. since I have started using this because, you know, it's, it's like, oh, well, that, that doesn't make any sense at all. Yes. Or, or I'll realize that there's like five arms when there should only be four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think any form of audio, whether you're doing it yourself or what you're saying, I think that is hugely valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, do you pay for that? Is it a service like monthly or no. is it a program you buy? I no, I don't remember purchasing it at all. I think okay, I just so it's just online. It. Yeah. Okay, it so does that's really nice. Yeah, it does have. It has a free version and then it has a paid version. But oh, you sure. Know, like Grammarly does. Yes, yes. Yes. I am I am a self-published indie. And so I'm very careful with the pennies that I spend. Yes. Oh, definitely. definitely. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and that that was that was the other the other thing was, you know, this person who was telling other authors that an editor isn't necessary. I will DoorDash or Grubhub in my area when I need extra income to pay sure. for, for, you know, whether it's Canva for my social media posts or my editor or whatever. And it's nice having that ability to say, okay, well, I have this bill coming up. I need yes. to publish this book. And so I'm going to go out and grab some extra cash That's real huge. quick. Huge. Yes. Yes. And and since I've started doing it that way, my writing has has 
come leaps and bounds. That is a great tip. I mean, you live in this environment now in this world where we all of a sudden, yes, we can just decide, hey, I want to like deliver stuff. And I think that's fantastic. And it's kind of like people can, yeah, they can do it whenever they want. Kind of like, like, oh, I think I'll do that next week because I have this bill coming due. I mean, that is one good thing I can say that has come out of the last year is that that stuff has exploded. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's what, like, I had originally started my OnlyFans page because I wanted to do basically audio recording of me, like a like a video recording of me reading my books. Yeah, yeah. But that takes a lot of time. It takes it a does. lot of time. Yeah, yes. you have to, even though your book is edited, now you're making a video, and so you have to edit the video. And... I realized that even though OnlyFans is a lucrative way of making income, it wasn't going to be an immediate way of making income. And so I was like, well, you know what? My anxiety prevents me from having a nine to five, but it doesn't prevent me from dropping food off at somebody's door. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's, you know, if this is your dream, if this is if event, like a, my, my end goal is that I have a sustainable, regular income based off of my writing, based, based off my creativity. And so for me, it was important to find a way to make all of this happen. And, you know, sometimes you just, you just got to go that extra mile, but going that extra mile is going to get you your repeat readers, your fans that are dedicated to you. And that's, that's part of building your empire is, you know, sometimes you got to do a little, a little work, (laughs) a little work. It's not just sitting behind your desk, typing, typing, typing. There's, there's so many cogs to this indie publishing world. (laughs) And it's okay to start at the beginning and to start out small. That is totally okay. And that is applauded, in fact. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like anyone, I, every time somebody asks me, you know, how, how do I get started as a, as a, you know, indie author, I always tell them the very first thing that you need to do is write. Yes. Just put your ideas on paper because I can't tell you how many times I have run across people who were like, well, I thought that building my platform was more important and I forgot, you know, the idea that I had. And so now I've, you know, I've built this website and I've built this other thing. And, and I always tell them, I'm like, absolutely building your platform. When you first start writing, you need to start building your platform. You need to start engaging people. You need to start, what are people writing? What's popular? All this other stuff. But what's even more important than that is you need to write. You need to get your idea on the paper. You need to. And it's amazing at how many times I've seen people come and they they have no following. They have no nothing and they've spent all this time you know building 
this this platform and yet their book hasn't you know it doesn't it's not properly it's just not ready for publication and right. um, they're they're missing a giant piece of yeah yes and that's that's one of the other things that i'm really hoping i get across in my youtube channel is you know i want to take people on this journey i want to share the knowledge that I've learned over the last six years, I think that I would have, I would have probably, I would, I would have absolutely been much more successful earlier on had I known what I know now six years ago. And so part of my adventure on my Ava Fox YouTube channel is going to be this is how I started. This was the process that I took. Here are the things that I have learned. You know, I've, I've participated in some writing retreats. I've participated in a dance festival. And recently, last month, I did a workshop. And I realized when I do all of these different events, I realized just how many people just don't know where the starting line is, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, it's going to be my, it's going to be like a a hodgepodge. I'm rebranding myself. It's going to be a hodgepodge of like, uh, let me help you start and be successful. And here's the knowledge that I have. And it's going to be a lot of like embrace juiceability and embrace your, you know, who you are and, and, Let's go on a journey of self-discovery. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's definitely going to be a lot of fun. And I hope yeah. I hope that I can be encouraging to others and maybe give them, you know, a little light. <laughs> There's a vast tunnel of unknowns, but here's this tiny little light. Come follow me. <laughs> I am sitting here with this giant smile on my face and I love everything you just said. That was fantastic. Thank you. I love your vision. I love your plan. I think it's awesome. That is fan-fucking-tastic. Thank you very much. I I really do. It's taken me, it's taken me a long time to finally figure out where I really want to be in this world. And now that Ava Fox is here and, you know, I'm really embracing her. I'm having so much fun. And that's, that is the other real piece of the puzzle is do what you love. Do what you love because your readers will know when you're faking it. Just like, (laughs) just, just (laughs) like men, they will figure it out. (laughs) Right. It's rather obvious, even though you think you're not obvious, you are. Yeah, yeah. And so write what you love. You know, everybody's like, oh, well, if you have an experience, don't write it. That's not true. That's if bullshit. You, yeah. If you, if you love writing sex and it makes you happy, you don't have to do all the crazy in order to no. write the crazy. That's what no. they made Pornhub for. <laughs> and my thing I like to bring into play when we talk about this kind of thing, I, I say, do you think Stephen King is like a psycho murderer that's just like this wacko? Okay. We are definitely soul twins. <laughs> we so are. I, I, 
I tell you, I've had so much fun in this in this interview, and I've agreed with like everything you've said, like oh everything. <laughs> I absolutely, I I have almost said verbatim the exact same thing about Stephen King. I oh my mean, gosh, did you really? Yes. Oh my yes. gosh. I mean, I, I love it. He he is always my fall to like anytime somebody's like, well, give me an example. I'm like. Let me pull out my buddy Stephen King here. Oh, and, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I mean, granted, I do. I think that he is, he is a master of his art. Oh, yeah. He is, he is insane on the Twitters. And I don't necessarily always agree with what comes out of no. his Twitter feed. <laughs> no, but, definitely not. But. <laughs> but he, he has an amazing ability to get inside your mind and, and make you like you are in this story. And I mean, he is just, he is an absolute, an absolute master of, of writing and creativity. Yeah. Oh man. That was, when you were saying that, I was like, no way. I love that. Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that is so, that is so awesome. And it is so true. It's so, I mean, it is all these, all these people, you know, they write murder mysteries or they write true crimes and you don't have to go out and kidnap someone in order to write a book about it. You know? (laughs) Well, and this is so asinine. I understand when people say, write what you know. But if that were true, we wouldn't have Star Trek. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have Harry fucking Potter. Right? So oh. I just want to tell those people to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Number yes. one, writing. Uh, number one, fiction is not always memoir. But memoir can be embedded in fiction. Yes. yes in pieces. Yep. Just because you write something that's fictional does not mean you've done it. Look right. at all these fantasy writers that write about dystopian societies. Yeah. They yeah. don't exist. They haven't lived that. It's in their brain. And it's beautiful that they can show it to us, that they can put us in it. Yeah. And let us live it with their yeah. characters. Yep. That's a like, talent. Abs- oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, they're like, yes, 100% agree. There are so many authors out there that they have, you know, they've, they have, they have the ability to transport you into a whole nother realm. And it is absolutely amazing. And, and like you said, you know, these people aren't living in this dystopian world. They're not actually in middle earth. They're not, you know, it's like, they're not fighting monsters. Really? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. And it, it is so crazy. Just yesterday, uh, another, a friend of mine has just started her writing journey and she was suffering from some imposter syndrome, which yeah, imposter syndrome, it is real and it is damaging. And so when you, when you recognize that you're getting into it, you just got to shake it off and go talk to someone. And yes, she was, she's writing a fantasy, like a steampunk fantasy story and she she was like you know I don't read fantasy and I don't I don't really read these types of things and so I I feel disingenuous to be writing in this genre and I was like you don't have to 
you know, only absorb sci-fi or only absorb mystery or only absorb one genre in order right. to write in that genre. Oh yeah. You you write the story and eventually as you're writing the story, like I started writing an erotica and somehow the erotica went from an erotic story to this epic fantasy. And I don't, I mean, I've read epic fantasies. I watch movies based on epic fantasies, but it's not really my, my thing. Right. Um, but it worked itself out. And that's what I told her. I was like, if more people would just dive in and say, this is the story I'm writing eventually the story itself will tell you this is the genre I'm in. This is the subgenre I'm in. And I'm like, don't let people discourage you by, by listening to the things like, Oh, well you have to be an avid reader and you have to submerge yourself into one genre in order to write this genre. I mean, if the only genre of book I ever read was erotica, I'd never leave my house. I know, right? (laughs) I love that. Oh man! And then, then you put you put reading into a box, and reading is supposed to be your escape. It's supposed to be like going to a movie and just really getting invested into this story. You know, if you're just reading the same story over and over again, eventually it becomes a chore. Yes. Yes, this is why it bugs me when I also hear the statement, every story has been told. I think that is bullshit. Yeah. We need to trust our own voice. Yes. Because there is no duplicate of us in the universe and there never will be. Right. You can take your voice. Absolutely. Because you can take two very similar stories and by the time you get to the end of them, they are very different. And yes. it is, it's because of the author's voice. It's yes. because of their, their ability to tell the story. And that's why I will start a new project, but I won't tell anybody the details of the new project. And I've, I've been criticized because there, you know, people will tell me, oh, there's no original ideas anymore. That's bullshit. And Right. I'm like, well... Mine is original and you might find one similar to it, but not exactly like mine. No, and if you it's do. It's not possible. It's not possible. Right. Unless you're and plagiarizing, it's not possible. Exactly. I was going to say, if you do, then we're <laughs> going to have some legal issues uh-huh. <laughs> because all my work is copyrighted. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it does. And it's very discouraging. And, and I, I understand that, you know, there are a million people and and all of them at some point in time in their lives are like I'm going to write a book and I'm going to publish it and I'm going to be the next bestseller on whatever list they know about and in my mind I'm like I don't want to discourage a single one of those people no because out of that whole million maybe a hundred are actually going to make it to the shiny top. Right. And, and sometimes most, 
idiotic authors make it to the front of the line and yeah. that sucks. Right. But that's true. Yeah. You know, I'm like, there is plenty of stories to be told there. We don't, we don't have to discourage people in order for us as individuals to be successful, you know? Yeah. And so it does, it like frustrates me. And it's like, well, if you, and that's, that's the other part. I was discouraged from writing because I have a high school diploma. Right. You know, I was yeah. like, you know, I was always told that I was, I was too stupid. You know, oh, I'm, I was, gosh. I was gorgeous in my youth. And that's what like people would tell me all the time. Oh, you know, you, you're not very intelligent, but your beauty uh, is going to take you places. And I, geez. it got to the point where being told I was beautiful was actually poisonous. Yeah. And I, imagine, yeah. you know, and now as an adult with, with a young adult teenage girl, I'm like, I tell her all the time, your, your charms will fade, but your strength, your creativity and your, your value as a human being will always be with you. Yes. You know, and, and I, I wish that for every, every human being needs to understand if you want to try it, do it. The only person who should ever stand in your way is yourself and then get a best friend who's going to talk you out of talking (laughs) yourself out of stuff. You know, hell yes. Because it's like, I mean, we would not be having this podcast on the internet or living in the homes that we live in. If there weren't people who came before us who failed multiple times over and over again, Oh my gosh. Yes. Finally got it right. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm like, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. People, people, I am. Here's the secret to your question from before. (laughs) I love it. I have a pack of Malmutes. Tala is my, my alpha female. She is my, my heart's band-aid. I got her after I lost my great grandmother, who was absolutely my soulmate. Okay. Um, and Oink is her daughter, and Holly <laughs> is her name. daughter. Thank you. And Adonis <laughs> is her forever mate. Nice. Yeah. And I call myself Mother Malmute. Or mud the like Daenerys star uh well what Daenerys we'll just call her Daenerys because I can't remember her last name sure she was the mother of dragons they started calling me the mother of Malmutes because they give me so much strength That's they awesome. yeah they know when I'm when I'm sad they know when I my anxiety is getting the best of me and. I, I love the Malmute breed. I love that they don't know that they're not people. Like as far as they're uh, concerned, I love that. yeah, as, as far as, as far as the Malmutes are concerned, they are, we are a pack. We are love a it. family yeah. and we have respect for one another. And through my Malmutes, 
I've realized that there are a lot of crappy human beings. There are. <laughs> and sadly. I, yes, I love my dogs. I, my, my daughter makes fun of me all the time. She's like, you <laughs> love your dogs more than you love us. <laughs> I love my Malmutes more than most human beings in this planet. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how I got dubbed Mother Malmute. <laughs> I can totally imagine. I've never had a Malamute, but I am a giant dog lover. Yeah. Yeah. I love dogs. I've had cats. I've had yeah. dogs, but dogs, there's something special about dogs. Yeah, there really is. And <laughs> there really is. If, if you find someone who has a Malmute, just spend, spend like five, five to 10 minutes, just petting them and looking into their souls and just really give them a moment and you'll understand what it is about them. I've had all kinds of breeds, mutts and purebreds and everything. And I've never had another breed that was so connected to me. And, and this, it's almost like a spiritual connection. It's like, it's so interesting. I'm going yeah. to definitely think about that as yeah, and then, a, a part of my family in the future. Oh, oh, absolutely. I would, yeah. I, I, I will endorse the Malmute breed a hundred percent. So that they are, awesome. they can be little turd blossoms at the, at, <laughs> from time to time, but, but that's because they don't understand that they, they, as far as they're concerned, they are a member of your pack. They're right, part right. of your family. And so, you know, when they've been sleeping in the house for 12 hours and you tell <laughs> them you need to go outside, it's time to go potty. They just kind right. of look at you like, what? well, are you going outside? Because I'm not going out there without you. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Go out and go potty. I'll go out and go potty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I do. Sometimes I have to go out there and just watch them <laughs> while they're going to the bathroom. And they will. They'll, they like Tala, she is, like I said, she's the alpha female. And so she will circle the yard, circle the yard. She'll squat and she'll look over at me to see if I'm watching her and then <laughs> and only then will she go to the bathroom and it's like girlfriend <laughs> you are surrounded by more teeth and muscle than I have <laughs> you really think I'm gonna save you from something Funny. Why not? <laughs> but yeah. cute. and then oink is my she is I don't I, ne I never know exactly what to call her but she's like my mascot Okay. All like most of the people who follow me online have known her since birth. She was born on my pillow. Oh, um, wow. Yes. Yes. And so most of the people who follow me online know who she is and they absolutely love her. And she is a giant pain in the neck. <laughs> um, well, she's, she's only a year and a half. So she's still like, a uh, yeah, she's still got like the wildness. Yeah. Yeah. And she brings... <laughs> she brings me a lot of joy. And when I'm having like writer's block, she'll, you know, I sit there and I look at her and she just, she just will give me this goofy face or she'll be drooling because she thinks I have snacks on my desk. It just, <laughs> they do. They just bring me so much joy and it's, it's awesome having them here. So, so yeah. That's so awesome. 
don't be surprised when you, you know, get, get to know me a little better. And then all of a sudden there's malmutes and <laughs> I've got Sergey, my desk dick that I carry in my purse. And <laughs> oh yeah, it's, oh, it it's sounds hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And it is. And that's Fantastic. part of, yeah, that's part of, of being happy and, and to be successful, you need to be happy with what you're doing. You do. And and yeah. I think also, if you move one person, even if you just move one person, mm-hmm. that's a success. Oh, yeah. It doesn't okay. have to be thousands and millions of people. Yeah. And honestly, I love getting a good review. Um, yes, it's huge. But I love even more when I hear how moving and inspirational my my writing has been to someone. Yes. <laughs> the first time Absolutely. I know I'm like the first time I got a a very in-depth uh description of of how moving my stories were. It was I blushed. <laughs> and that's hard to do. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, but I do. I I love I love hearing about it because like you said, even if it's just one person, I got my story out there and I was able to bring joy into one person's life. So. Because individuals matter. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you don't, <laughs> here's the other thing about, you know, indie, indie authors and being a self-published, you don't sell bulk. You sell one at a time. And yeah. and that's that that individual, that's why I love to send out the postcards. That's yeah, why that's awesome that you do that. Yeah. Like I love the that individual connection. You know, even though I'm not like, hey, let's meet up for coffee. Right. But I love having that that individual connection with someone that I was able to bring joy into their life because I'm human and they're yeah. human. Yep. And I think that if we connected more on on that level of just humanity, we would be a much happier group of folks. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. It makes a huge difference. Well, I have loved talking with you. I mean, seriously, loved it. I just, uh, I mean, I can think I could sit here and talk to you for like, 20 hours. <laughs> right? I know. I know. It's been I'll be honest. So I I started listening to your podcast so that I could familiarize myself with your voice. Oh, sure. And and I've re- I have really been enjoying it. I've been sharing the the podcast that I've listened to. I've been sharing it with my friends and I'm like, "Oh, you got you got to hear this one. You got to hear this one." Um, oh, thank and, you. <laughs> yeah. And I and I love that you're on Spotify because Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't understand all these other music things. I like, love Spotify. Spotify's oh, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love it. And I was, I was a little nervous because I, you know, there were, there was a moment where I was just like, Ooh, I wonder what kind of questions she's going to ask me. And then I was like, <laughs> I was like, Oh, I hope she asks me questions that like no one else has ever asked me because, you know, and you so did. You so you so did, and I. <laughs> you did awesome. You they're they're like they're like questions on my list that you answered just in other discussions. So you just yeah, you just nailed everything, and you just did fantastic. I just had so oh. much fun talking to you, and oh. seriously, I 
feel so connected to you. I feel like our brains are like on the same wavelength, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That is, I, I, been a long time since I've met another another wandering soul like mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had so oh. much fun talking with you, but I do want to mention a couple of your things too, so that people know. I will put all the links down in the text part of the podcast. But you have a book out, Seasons of Seduction Independence, which is on Amazon, right? Yes. Yes. And do you have other books on Amazon that you would like to mention? I at this point, I have basically pulled everything except okay. for independence. That one. Okay. Yes. I am doing a rebranding and I, as part of my rebranding, I have a book coming out in January. It's going to be called Seasons of Seduction Someday. Nice. And I'm, I'm very, very excited about it. Ava Fox is going to have like a birthday celebration. She's going to unveil her new rebranding. And yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's when you're ready for that. Give me a, give me a DM or something and we can do another podcast episode for sure. Yeah, absolutely. 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 I'm all into that. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause it's, I am. I'm so excited about this. Awesome. I'm excited to read it. So, and then tell me your YouTube channel name. Okay. So my, my YouTube channel name is Ava Fox 301. And anywhere that you look for me, you have to put the 301 on the end. So it's Ava Fox 301 because I, Ava, I got the name Ava from a girl that I went to high school with and she was so free spirited and just amazing. I absolutely loved her. We lost contact. And when I think of the name Ava, I'm like, it's her, you know, and I want to embody that. I want to be that free as she is. And then Fox, I love foxes. And when I turned 40, instead of like over the hill, I kept telling people I'm foxy 40. Love Um, it. Yeah, because I'm not over any hill. I am. No. <laughs> I am still <laughs> hot to trot. You are, so, vital. you are vital. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. There, I haven't even reached the summit yet. So, oh, no. yeah. And then 301 is a nod to my family, well, the small community that my family has lived in for almost 200 years. And Oh, nice. Yeah. And that's where my heart calls home. And when the world starts to become a scary place, that's where I know I can go and feel from. So that's, that's, that's how I got it. And there's so many Ava Foxes that I was like, I'm just going to (laughs) be Ava Fox 301. There you go. Yeah. That's it. (laughs) I love it. I know. And then I'm, I'm having so much fun. Ava Fox has really brought so much joy into my life. So Yeah. Well, that is awesome. I'm really excited about learning more about that and I'm excited to read it. That's awesome. Thank you. Very yes. cool. I want I, to thank you for coming and talking with me. It was oh, so seriously, so much fun. Oh yeah. Thank you for having me. I, I, yeah. Anytime you want to do this again, I'm on board. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I'm totally into. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I love, this is my first interview outside of my circle of writers and it has been absolutely amazing so 
Thank you very much. I'm so glad you said that. That's really great. I love to hear that. Yeah, I was. It was so much fun. Like you said, we are we're on so many levels together. Like our way, our brains are connected. (laughs) (laughs) So totally. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, it's just. I just feel. Yeah, I just feel like we're just totally in the same wavelength. It's just. That's really cool. You don't always meet people where you're just like totally just like just it's just solid click. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and I think also like we found each other through Twitter and yeah. And I think that like there are a lot of people that I follow on Twitter and I see their Twitter feed and I'm like, I bet in real life these people are awesome. Yeah. You know, yeah, and right. so you really don't get to know someone within like 260 characters no Um, so it was it was absolutely amazing it was absolutely amazing two perfect strangers will come together to do a podcast and we clicked so well I that's awesome I yeah I was not expecting that it is it really is it was this has been wonderful and yeah I'm excited I'm super excited to be here and I'm super excited that it was super fun (laughs) me too and i will definitely do this again in the future (laughs) awesome yeah i am i'm on board absolutely so so well thank you and i hope you have an awesome night thank you you as well Ready for some spring cleaning of your beard and groin hairs? Try out Manscaped products where you can get 20% off with my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to get 20% off and free shipping. In order to get the discount, use the promo code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to do that spring cleaning to get yourself ready for sexy times. Heat up your spring with a new shave, a new trim. Perhaps try going there. Get more skin smacks in the bedroom, if you know what I mean.